the tip of the iceberg. Please accept me to your school. Thank you so much. Love, Jacob. Welcome to the tip of the iceberg. We're back. Merry Christmas. It's not Christmas. It's after Christmas, but we didn't get to say Merry Christmas on Christmas. So Merry Christmas. To or, those who celebrate, or yeah. Hanukkah, or whatever, or happy if, holidays. If you are celebrating Kwanzaa currently, yeah, happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about Kwanzaa, but I did some googling about it. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I love it. It's pretty cool. I love it. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Dope thing. Yeah. Well, um, less dope is what we're <laughs> going to be talking about today. Yeah. Not as dope as Kwanzaa. Um, actually, sad. Yeah, pretty it's sad. Sad. Yeah, it is really sad. Yeah. So buckle up, because it's going to get real. Yeah, I don't know a lot about... Livy filled me in a little bit um, about this specific case. I know a little bit about the aftermath and what's happened since, but I don't know a lot about the specific case. Um, so I'm kind of going to hear this with you guys. Yeah, today we're going to talk about Jacob Anderson. Jacob Anderson um, is a rapist. Yeah. Well, I guess... Alleged. Alleged rapist. Alleged rapist. Okay. Um, But really we want to talk about what happened with this case. Um, This case is a little bit... It is kind of graphic. So we'll just put like a trigger warning up at the front. That we're going to kind of talk about the details of this sexual assault or alleged sexual assault, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So keep that in mind Mm -hmm. when we get into this. But, so you said you don't know a lot about what happened. No, I, I remember seeing the headlines. Um, and to be honest, I don't do a ton of, like, in my spare time reading um, headlines about horrific rape stuff. Right. Because it's, I'm trying this new self-care thing. Um, <laughs> How's that going? It's, it's okay. Okay. Um, Leave the rape at work. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't read, I didn't read a lot about this case, but I know a little bit about what's happened um, yeah. in the, like, fallout from... People were pretty outraged, so I I know a little bit about that, but yeah, so I don't know a lot about Jake. A lot of the details of this have come out pretty recently, within kind of the month. I yeah, would it say. was a long time ago. Yeah, but the event happened in February of 2016. Yeah, that's a long. So time it ago. was a while ago, but sometimes with those court cases, things get really dragged out. Yeah, it take and, a while to yeah. get adjudicated. So, but now things are coming out, and we're kind of seeing how this all went down. Right. So the story, and I don't know this victim's name, and. Um, that's all right. That's but irrelevant, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, what happened is she was at a party. So she, both Jacob and her were students at Baylor University. Okay. Actually, I don't know if she was a student, but she was attending the party. So, and she was young. Yeah. Pretty yeah, young. Yeah, she was pretty young. Like 19. I think she was very young. Okay, sure. Um, they were at this party, and it was a frat party, because Jacob, Jacob Anderson, was the president of this frat. Okay. So he was like... Pretty highfalutin. Yeah. He was a... Pretty popular guy. Yeah. Yeah, he had some sway. Right. So, they were at this party, and it was pretty... It was it was cool. I think people were having fun. Um, the, the girl, she set down her drink. She was drinking. She set down her drink for a second, because she was going to go dance. And when she came back to her drink, you know, everything was normal. And then, pretty pretty quickly after she started drinking she said she felt immediately intoxicated Mm. um more than the amount she was drinking so Mm -hmm. she's like whoa something's not right here 
I feel more intoxicated than I should. And she even used the word like sedated almost. Hmm. Um, she said that she was completely out of focus. She had no control of her body and things were just like getting way, way, way out of control. Hmm. So she is just trying to figure out what's going on. And she's like, I don't know what is happening. But she stays at the party and is just kind of being cautious. And because she's being cautious, she notices that Jacob is kind of like following her around from room to room. Oh, God. But she's like, this is cool. I mean, he's the president. He's probably just like in every room I am. And even if he's not, he has a girlfriend. Oh, he has a girlfriend? He has a girlfriend. Okay, so... I mean, he would never. So she's like, be creepy. This is fine, right? He's got a girlfriend. He's yeah. not after me. It's all. Was his girlfriend fine. at the party? Do you I don't know. Say that. You I don't know. know. It doesn't say. Yeah. So she. Um. So then he notices. She notices that he's following her around, but she's like, "It's fine. Whatever. He has a girlfriend." So she didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. Um, but he started getting closer and closer and eventually told him like, Hey, let's go outside. Told her, excuse me. Hey, let's go outside. Let's talk. And she's like, "Mm." but she's like, she's like, I don't know about this, but he's the president of the frat. So she's like, Oh, and she's like a freshman. Well, yeah. Yeah. So she's like, okay, well, all right. So she goes and things immediately go downhill from there. Pretty, pretty quickly they jump into it. I think, I think it doesn't say exactly where this happened, but it must be close to outside of the house um, because it said that he was persistent and he, and he told her to follow him outside. And after that was when things happened. So as far as the details of the sexual assault goes, she, she reports that he repeatedly raped her. Okay. Outside the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that there was oral rape that happened. Her quote is, Jacob pulled down his pants and shoved his penis in my mouth, down my throat, keeping it there even when I gagged multiple times. Hmm. So that went on for quite a while. And then, yeah. So that's miserable. And then when that kind of moved on, he, she, she says when he... He forcefully picked me up and shoved me onto a wall to rape me vaginally from behind. Oh, and this is this is so creepy, Farron. He calmly said repeatedly throughout the whole thing, it's fine. You're fine. Oh my god. It's fine. You're fine. Calmly. Calmly and coldly, she said. So it's all going down and he's just whispering, it's fine. You're fine. So then, like, after that, he raped her again orally and and choked her again, it says. And then he, and then she blacked out. So that's the last Did thing she, she remembers. Did she black out because she was being strangled? Maybe? Um, I don't know. Her quote is, when I tried to pull up my pants or or sit, because she was up against the wall, he shoved me to the ground and shoved his penis back down my throat and continued to choke me. Now, I don't know what choke means in this regard. Yeah, I don't know what Could that just means. be because she couldn't breathe, or maybe he was actually choking her. But after being choked, the woman said she blacked out, and she later woke up on the ground face down in her own vomit, and he was nowhere to be seen. Wow. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Sadly, 
Um, I'm not reacting very... Like, I'm not having a strong reaction to this because I hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I've heard this story so many times. Yeah, this is pretty it's common pretty, as far as sexual assaults go. Yeah. Like, this same story is pretty commonplace. Yep. Especially on college campuses, especially with alcohol-facilitated sexual assaults. Yeah. Um, we see this a lot in, in college towns, in college communities, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is sad. I think where this case gets particularly... But this is... I'm just talking about just the incident. Yeah. I think where where this case gets particularly crazy is how it was treated moving forward. Right. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, One thing that is kind of unique to this case, I would say, is the survivor, the victim of the sexual assault was very vocal throughout this process. So she so she's see she's sexually assaulted. She wakes up from her being face down in her own vomit. So she must call law enforcement yep. right away. She reports it. Okay. And then this And whole, had an exam, I'm sure. Yeah, this hospital. whole case pursues. Okay. And she ensues, excuse me. So yes. she she gets a lawyer, the district attorney um, and she wants to testify. She wants to be involved with this trial, which is not, like, not very incredibly common. common. Right. The last thing you want to do after being sexually assaulted so violently in this case is go and talk about it in front of a group of strangers and have I mean, people say you're lying. Yeah, we've talked about, like, in our Sexual Assault Myths podcast, how few women actually report sexual assaults, let alone want to move forward with, like, a, a court thing and prosecution and testifying in front of a bunch of strangers about what happened to them. So that's pretty brave for her. Pretty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she, she was very um, helpful in the case and she really wanted to see justice served in this case. Okay. Yeah. So it didn't, (laughs) I will say justice was not served as we're of course surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, The district attorney I think it was a district attorney. Let me... Yeah. The county district attorney offered Jacob a plea deal. Okay. What was the plea deal? The plea deal Second was... Second degree, felony sexual assault, some jail time. Yeah, you would think. Registering as a sex offender. You would think. That's not it. Okay. That is not, not what happened. Um, the plea agreement allowed allowed him to plead no contest to a lesser charge of unlawful restraint. That was his charge. Unlawful restraint. Okay. So no sexual assault. No sexual assault. No drugging. No strangulation. No. no. Why? So I guess my question <laughs> is. Why? If this victim reports immediately, goes to the hospital, they're going to collect evidence. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if he used protection or not, but they're going to collect some evidence. I'm sure she went right away. The victim is willing to cooperate and participate in an investigation. Why was he offered this bullshit plea of unlawful restraint? I'm really glad you asked because it does mention that. Okay. Um, This was something that the victim was super upset about. Oh, yeah, sure. She was very upset about how it happened, and she reached out to the district attorney... And the district attorney said, like, 
here's my reasoning. Okay. That's what it is. Well, and let me say first, like, she... Gosh, I just love this girl based on doing a little bit of research. She was very helpful in the whole case. And then once this did not go her way, he took the plea deal. The district attorney gave the plea deal. Um, she wrote a letter to the, okay. the person. And in it, she says, um, gosh, it's really sad. I'm devastated by your decision to let my rapist, Jacob Walter Anderson, go free without any punishment. Jacob Anderson and all rapists who get away with their crimes will never be cured, never change. If anything, they will be emboldened by their power over women and their ability to escape justice and punishment. Um, it goes on to say, um, if I had the courage to come back to Waco and face my rapist and testify, you could at least have enough respect for me to show up today. You both will have to live with this decision to let a rapist run free in society without any warning to future victims. I wonder if you will have any, if you will have nightmares every night watching Jacob rape me over and over again. Hmm. So the so response. What was his, yeah, what was there? The response from. From the attorney. The attorney was that. Um. Apparently, what happened was she or he, I don't know what the person is, Laborde, I guess? Laborde was she the... She is a female. Oh, she's, sure. She's a okay. female. Okay, so she um, had recently tried a case uh-huh. with a sexual assault. Okay. And it went to trial, mm-hmm. and he was found not guilty. Okay. And so she said, this is going to be exactly the same, and I'm not going to do it. That's, that's what so it was. So basically, she hoped to have him plead to something so that she wouldn't risk an acquittal. Yeah. So her quote, her quote is, right? I, I realize this is not the outcome we had hoped for or that I had originally offered, but I tried to, I tried a very similar case in the one in, oh, I tried a very similar case to the, as this one last month and lost. Um, she said that the jury was looking for any excuse not to find an innocent-looking young defendant guilty, and they engaged in a lot of victim blaming. And because of that, she uh, she was not going to try the case. Um, the victim says that the case was nothing like her case, and it sounded a lot like she was agreeing with the jurors, and that he didn't have good cause to be convicted. Or she said that he only raped one girl. That we know of. Yeah, so he was just, they were just going to let him go. So it sounds like the victim in this case thought that maybe the lawyer was on board with the jury's decision. Yeah. So what Laborde told her was like, I tried a similar case very recently and the jurors didn't take kindly to it and they weren't about it. They, they didn't want to, there was victim blaming and they didn't want to um, have any of these charges stick for the perpetrator. And so we're not going to try for you. <laughs> that's, that's all what the victim is saying. Um, I'm pulling all this information from CNN, um, a CNN article, and um, CNN said they tried multiple times to get a hold of this DA's office and they would not answer any media questions. 
So it's it sounds like she was afraid to try a case that she thought she would lose. Yeah. Um, which, to play devil's advocate, is fair for a prosecutor to fear losing a sexual assault trial because, as we've talked about, it's difficult to prosecute. It's difficult. Um, these cases have a lot of gray area. There's a lot of victim blaming that goes on. There's a lot, I can imagine that people would question, why was this girl drinking? She was 19 years old. What was she doing at a frat party? None of that matters, of course, considering what happened to her. But jurors tend to ask a lot of really crappy questions in regards to the victim's behavior during rape trials. We see that here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, so I can see why that prosecutor would have been scared. However... I think you know as a prosecutor that you're always taking a risk when you prosecute anybody because there is always a chance that the jury's going to come back and say not guilty and you're going to lose and then you've, you know, this person's going to walk out with nothing. But I think that's part of being a prosecutor is moving forward even in, even with that, with that fear. And so while I understand her, her concerns and maybe her own trauma with, um, her former, I guess, this former case that she had lost a month earlier. I still think you do your job. Part of me right? just wonders if this victim's constitutional rights are being compromised. Because I don't, I don't. Basically, it sounds like to me that this attorney valued her career over oh, getting justice for this. And I guess my my question, and I'm not a prosecutor, my question for a prosecutor would be, wouldn't you try to plead him down to something that was still pretty severe? Like, if you're not going to plead him to, if you're not going to do, try to go forward with first degree, four counts of first degree sexual assault, which that's what that would be in Wyoming, right? Because oral penetration, any penetration is first degree sexual assault in Wyoming. Again, these people are in Texas. I don't know. Why plead him down to unlawful restraint? Because that's a pretty low... I mean, that's a pretty... What was he sentenced to? I mean, the sentence was nothing. No. Probation? Deferred. Oh. Deferred probation. a little fine. $400 fine. $400 fine, deferred Mm -hmm. probation. Yeah. So, I'm... I wonder if any other pleas were offered. Before, you know, there's just a lot of questions. I mean, the victim in this case seems to think that the attorney... Didn't believe her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard because I think there was a lot of evidence in this case. Yeah, it sounds like it. I guess maybe the attorney thought that that she wanted it. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. She wanted this. I'm curious what her exam would have shown. Yeah. She was a, a virgin, yeah, yeah. I there's another heard. quote. This is right. this is heartbreaking. Yeah, she says, Jacob Walder Anderson. It must be horrible to be you to know what you did to me to know you are a rapist to know you almost killed me. She really thought she was gonna die. Mm-hmm. To know you ruined my life, stole my virginity, and stole many other things from me. Yeah. She says, this is the reason rape victims hesitate to report the crime. I had the courage to report the crime. Go through the investigation, wait all these years to testify, and nothing came for her. He paid a $400 fine. So I've seen this before, 
several years ago. Um, and it was a similar situation. The victim really wanted to move forward with a case and um, was told that they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't win and um, he would walk free. And so basically she was, I mean, convinced to be okay with a plea deal and he was offered a plea deal and got much less time. He did go to prison, but much less time than he would have if he had actually gone to trial. It was kind of similar um, to this case. I just think... We I talk, think this happens a lot. We talked about Simtoya yeah. last time, and Simtoya has spent her whole life... And will spend, I mean, her whole life. Yeah. Until she's, like, in her 60s, almost. Serving time. And right. this guy... Nothing. Got nothing. It does say, so it says that they can't do anything more because the plea yeah. was accepted. Right. But there's going to be a civil case. Oh, good. So she's February. going to sue him in mm-hmm. civil court. Yeah, um, him and the fraternity. Wow. So, silver linings with this, what I know about this case, is that Baylor expelled him. Okay. So... Universities have their own process. So, like, for example, the University of Wyoming has their own process, and it's not a criminal process. But if the university receives a report from a student that she has been, he or she has been a victim of sexual assault, the university will move forward and do an investigation um, through their dean of students' office and have a hearing potentially to determine if if the student probably... um, committed the reported crime. And if so, what are the punishments there? Um, Most severe would be expulsion from the university. And Baylor expelled him from Baylor University. Which is good. Which is good. That is something that hasn't been happening. That has not been happening. So for those of you who have seen The Hunting Ground, wonderful documentary. It came out a couple of years ago, probably three years ago. Um, And it talks about sexual assaults on college campuses, in college communities, and the lack of response that universities have historically had um, to sexual assaults and cover-ups even that the Mm -hmm. universities have tried to make happen so that students, because they don't want it to get out that girls are being raped on their campuses. Right. Um, The Obama administration came in and said, no, you don't get to do that. You have to, Title IX said, you have to. Look into these and give these girls a, a place to have a hearing and, and decide if these students are allowed to be on campus. Um, I think things are changing a lot with the new administration and the new Department of Education, the new leadership with the Department of Education in terms of Title IX, but universities can still have these hearings. And it sounds like this all happened under the former Title IX regulations, right, in 2016. Yeah. Um, so he he was expelled from Baylor, and it seems that he, upon expulsion from Baylor, he applied to the University of Texas at Dallas, where he was accepted. Um, and then when people realized that he was going to be going to UT Dallas, they received a petition signed by 26,000 um, UT Dallas students expressing outrage that he was going to be on their campus they didn't feel safe with him there and so now UT Dallas as of December 13th 
has said that he is banned from campus and he will not be permitted to attend his commencement ceremony next week, which would have been last week or the week before, though he will still receive his diploma. So he will receive a diploma from UT Dallas, but he wasn't allowed to come to graduation. He was barred from coming to campus and he is, it sounds like, basically he's been trespassed from their campus and is never allowed to come back, even as a guest. Like he's not allowed to ever set foot on that campus again. Um, They're like, you're a rapist. Yeah. You're not invited. You're not coming. Like, you're you not can, get, Take your diploma and go. Get Bye. Out. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Jacob. <laughs> Bye, Jacob. Um, so the UT Dallas president said that he's grateful to their students, faculty, and community members who have shared their concerns, disappointment, and outrage over his presence on campus and that there's nothing more important to them than the safety and security of their students. Um, so it sounds like he was accepted... Um, but they, they didn't know his legal history. So a lot of times when students are expelled from one university for conduct or for cause, the university doesn't, it's my understanding, doesn't have to put on their transcript why they were expelled mm-hmm. or anything like that. And the student, this student, obviously didn't disclose in his application materials that he had been charged with a felony crime. It's like in his personal essay or whatever. Right. He um, didn't write, I'm a rapist. I did rape someone. I raped someone. Four counts. At a frat party. Um, four times. Drugged them. Drugged her. Lied about it. Yes. Yeah, strangled. Please accept me to your school. Thank you so much. Love, Jacob. That's not what happened. <laughs> Love, Jacob. Love, Jacob. So he was accepted. They didn't know. And then their students basically were like, um, hell no. This is not okay with us. Which is great. Yeah. So. I just, I just was, so I didn't know this. This is half. at least a silver lining. Is right. that he, but he still gets his diploma. So I didn't he studied know finance that. There. The college piece of this, all I knew was the legal piece. And I was really, really discouraged. And I mean, I still am. There's still a lot that needs to be happening in our legal system. But although she didn't get justice through the legal system, I think a certain element of justice was served through these universities. Mm-hmm. And that has not been happening in the past. Yeah. I think this is a huge step for universities. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it's really, I think it's really great. Um, that the university handled it the way that they did. Um, it sounds like this this Washington Post article goes kind of into more detail about the legal side of this case, and it sounds like they received comments from the DA's office um, in regards to the plea. Um, the DA released that statement that said that there were conflicting statements with this case that makes it hard to prove beyond a reasonable doubt as a prosecutor my goal is no more victims i believe that is best accomplished when there is a consequence rather than an acquittal so she was afraid that she would get an acquittal and he would not have a consequence some consequence he got to go to college he got to graduate he gets his diploma he paid a 400 dollars fine so sorry you couldn't buy your apple watch and he got deferred probation he already had an apple what watch. What the hell kind Let's of consequence real. is that? He doesn't have to register as a sex offender. I don't even know if unlawful restraint in Texas is a felony. I don't know that. That could be a misdemeanor crime. Well, and My I guess just think is, of all I the things know. that happened. That's a that's a stretch, unlawful restraint. Obviously it happened, but I guess they're talking about like when he pushed her up against the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst thing that happened to her that night. She right. was pushed she up was against pushed the wall. Against the wall. 
Um, it says, the, the, the attorney says, our jurors aren't ready to blame rapists and not, aren't ready to blame rapists instead of victims when there isn't concrete proof more than one victim. So basically, if it's a gang rape and there are 15 girls who can all come together and have the same story and say that one boy raped them at a frat party, maybe she'd prosecute that because there's more than one victim. It, it does sound like that's what she's I mean, saying. that's what she's saying. Is she's that saying there's only one victim. There's so. one victim, which there usually is. There usually are not. Wait, rapists don't tend to rape people in front of others. Oh. Right. So, like, okay. it's not really, like... I thought it was, like, like a team sport. Right. You know? Like, it's, I mean, no. Not typically. Not what I tend to see is they tend to get a victim alone, isolated, where they can sexually assault him or her without someone stepping in and, and stopping or seeing it. Right. Because they don't want to get caught. But right? I think within, like, the justice system, I think they're looking for witnesses and they're looking for people to come forward and say, I saw this. Right. And so... Oh, the deferred adjudication. So the deferred adjudication means... Is this like the probation? Deferred yes, that his charge could eventually be dismissed if he doesn't violate the terms of his probation. So he's on three years of adjudicated, deferred adjudicated probation and needs to pay a $400 fine. And also he needs to go to counseling. And if he doesn't violate the terms of his probation, then this could all just be wiped from his record and nobody would ever know. So by the time he's 20, I mean, he's probably what, 24, 23. So by the time he's 30, say, you'd never know. It's not even on it. I could hire him to work at safe and not know, right? I would file a background check and it would never come up pretty sweet deal yeah, i would say yeah it is um oh. so this is really frustrating she, she won this round um it sounds like um the attorney is the attorney for the victim is pretty upset it's really great that she had her own attorney um she didn't just have the da as her How attorney is that? Her, I, I don't think it's that. very common i haven't seen that a lot either it's not very common but it they're out there and there are grants, federal grants, that pay for legal assistance for victims. Um, the Wyoming Coalition Against Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence has a grant. So, like, if we have a victim come to SAFE, and even if she's reported, and even if the county attorney's office is taking her case, we can still apply to the coalition for her to have an attorney represent her because they're representing her interests. They're not prosecuting the case, but they're there to be an advocate for her, which legal can, advocate. Which for can her. be super helpful because like be a district helpful. attorney, they're working for the best interest of like the community. Right? Yes. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yes. And so having someone in your corner I see the appeal. Yeah. So I mean this isn't this isn't unheard of. Um, but I really, I do think that the the response from Baylor and from UT Dallas is encouraging. Yeah, I do too. I'm um, really impressed by that. I mean, of course, you'd like to see somebody go to go to prison and have to register as a sex offender. I mean, that's what most victims of sexual assault who report they want. They want somebody to have to register as a sex offender because they're a predator. I just feel that this in no means, in no way, is where we want to end up. Mm-mm. But I feel that there were some consequences. And 
so frequently there are zero. If this oh had Oh my gone, gosh, listen oh. to this. So one of his attorneys, um, I can't wait till we have a trauma expert as a guest speaker on our podcast because this is perfect. Um, one of the attorneys said that a photo that was taken of the victim at the hospital after the sexual assault occurred um, showed that she was emotionally okay. She was smiling and eating a cheese cracker. Oh, good. With a grin on her face. And so um, that goes into trauma and Ugh. somebody's response to being a victim of sexual assault. Um, and I think it would be great to have a trauma expert, which we, we do have a yeah. lot of them um, yeah. that can come on our podcast and talk about that. Because that's a common misconception, that if a victim is not hysterical and out of her mind, sobbing and, you know needing to be medicated because she's so out of control, upset because she's just been sexually assaulted. If that's not what we're seeing, then, well, were you raped? Right. Were you, if you're eating a cheese cracker and smiling in your photo? Well, and also we kind of, if you think about this, societally, I feel that women are taught how to be sexually assaulted. Like how, how they're supposed to react that this is going to happen, and when it does, like, this is what to do. I just think that that is such a societal message mm-hmm. that more frequently women get all the time. And this is just, the, her attorney's upset because he's saying, well, this is what trials are for. Right. You know, like, if you're concerned about her behavior and how she was smiling in her hospital photograph and how she was, it said she was kissing him and grinding him before this had happened, which they said disputes her claims that she was drugged and choked, which, like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, Take it to trial and let a jury decide what they think and have trauma experts come into your trial, especially when you're in a college town. There is, to me, no excuse to not have a trauma expert testify in a rape case because they are professors, psychology professors. Yep. There are there are psychology professors at universities all across the country who know so much about the neurobiology of trauma who could testify in a case like this. We've had it happen here. Um and it wouldn't be it wouldn't cost you a ton of money like flying somebody in from a big city to testify. Yeah. They're in Waco. They're at Baylor. Yeah. They had the resources. So it's just frustrating. Yeah. Well, I guess the moral of the story is if you get sexually assaulted, steer clear of cheese crackers. And smiling. Because it will sink your case. Yeah, I guess so. Don't do that. You know, it just sounds like they didn't believe her. No. And and, and that's the unfortunate thing. Um, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people who investigated her case who are pretty sick over this outcome. I'm sure, because... The people the that nurses, saw the evidence. The police. Yeah. Her friends. Obviously the victim. I mean, the one who comes out smelling like a rose is Jacob. Yeah. But then he gets expelled. I'm taking Baylor. that as a win. I am too. I'm That's taking a that big as a win. win. That's big. And the fact that UT Dallas, they didn't have to say no. no to him. They could have let him stay on campus. In sexual assault and domestic violence work, there are not a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. And that is a win. You have to look for little yeah. little wins when you can get them. That's a big one. I think that's a big one. I do too. Um, 
we've come a long way with with universities and their handling of, of sexual assaults. And there's still a long way to go. For sure. But at least this is going to be talked about. Yeah. And I know that people probably don't consider this a win. Like, people who don't do our work probably are like, well, great. Like, at least, you know. But I consider it a win because we've seen so many times mm-hmm. when reports were made to universities all across the country and they were swept under the rug. And Victims were happens. told, oh, no, like, you know, I think you're mistaken. I don't think you, I don't think this really happened to you. Um, people are not held accountable, and it sounds like they did exactly what they should have done. And UT Dallas, like, kudos to them. Yeah. Because they didn't have to bar him from campus and from commencement. They could have just... Let it go. Let it go. And they didn't. Well, a terrible, terrible rape case and a small victory. But, you know, I suspect that that woman will turn into a huge advocate for... Sounds like she already Changing is. policies, helping survivors. She might end up being working at a nonprofit like ours or going to law school. I hope. And so it's important for survivors to realize that that's not the end of the road. Nope. That criminal prosecution and a successful prosecution and seeing your rapist go to prison might, that seems like that is the end all be all. That is the main goal here. But it's important to know that like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. And no. that you can still do a lot of, you can do a lot of good for a lot of people and make a lot of really important change. Yeah. Despite the fact that maybe you didn't have the outcome that you wanted. Yeah. And I've seen survivors make amazing change. There's this wave of advocacy called survivor advocacy. Mm-hmm. And it is perhaps one of the most powerful waves of advocacy because that's how changes get made is you walk into a room and said, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was impacted by it, and this is how it needs to change. Yep. And it's a lot more powerful than someone going in and being like, yeah, this is happening to people places. Things are happening. Yep. But if you go in there and you say, this happened to me. Yep. I need to see this change. That's why survivor advocacy it's is so powerful. I mean, I, I fully believe that we have, we have come as far as we have because of survivors who have spoken out. Yep. I've seen that firsthand in Wyoming. Because Laws that were changed and if, made because of brave survivors who said no more. Right. If you don't yeah. talk about it, then nothing's going to ever change. Right. Because nobody's even going to realize it's a thing that's happening. Right. So it's really important. And change takes so much time. Well, I hope this girl... But it's happening. I, I hope, hope she's that, okay. I hope she's okay and that she continues to keep talking about it. I do too. Because she was pretty pretty vocal about it throughout yeah. this trial. And so I really hope that she continues. I hope her civil case is successful. Me too. She deserves, she deserves that. I hope somebody gets her an Apple Watch. Yeah. Me too. Gosh. This was a bummer. But, like we said, silver lining. Silver lining. You have, to, you have to find those. Well, if you want more information about what to do if you've been sexually assaulted or how to move forward from that or just some support, you know, you can always reach out to Safe Project. Mm-hmm. We are always here. Um, we have a 24-hour hotline anytime, day or night, and that number is 307-745-3556. And if you are um, a student at the University yep. of Wyoming... And you need support, 
we have an advocate on campus. That's right. Throughout the school year. Um, and she is there to help with the university's process um, and that side of things. So, And that's especially helpful because there are other people on campus that work with sexual assault and can be super helpful. But our advocate is confidential. Right. And so if you don't know what you want to do with this and you just want somebody to know what's going on, the she... Safe Project Advocate doesn't have to tell anybody about it and won't without your written consent that's right including the university yep because that's illegal so yeah that's great yep but if you are from outside this immediate area and maybe don't live within albany county you can still give us a call and we'll yeah. help you find we your local, you local program resources for sure get you back on happy to do it on track yeah well with that in mind have a wonderful have new a year happy new year be safe that's right And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.